0: Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on 4th and 1. So, you know,
1: as with that, time goes. Welcome to 4th and 1. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs for uh, what seems like an increasingly rare victory edition of the podcast, Nick. I mean, this is only the, you know, we'd gone three out of four weeks without one. But here we are. So let me start with the... The second half was every bit as great and dominant as the first half was sloppy and hard to watch. Which one do you focus on more coming out of that this game? The the first half that looked like an extension of the struggles they'd had the previous four weeks or the second half where it appeared like the Chiefs finally may have gotten some things figured out?
0: Um, All of it. All of it. <laughs> I don't I don't. <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'm a glass half. I can be glass half full, but I can also be glass half empty. So for me, uh, part of it is obviously that, like you said, there's a lot of things they can build on there in the second half that they did well, but there's still a lot of stuff they got to clean up if they're going to play significantly better teams like they will with the Packers and Cowboys down the road here. And some of that stuff they won't be able to do against the Titans and be able to come out of the win. So the Chiefs, uh, they, got some, they got some stuff ahead of them that they got to work out but i mean it's it's more so it just it's weird cuz at times this team just looks mentally exhausted from the run over the past couple of years you know and that can be taxing and and it just and and then other times you, you you just see it click together and they look like the team that they're capable of being and that people are used to seeing and it's just it just it's not it's not a consistent performance right now and you you just hope that they can figure it out at the right times, whenever they're really going to need it, if they want to have a good playoff run.
1: Yeah. I mean, three more turnovers, uh, in Sunday's game. Um, I mean that that's obviously still a problem, right? Like, I mean, they lead the NFL with 14 turnovers through six games. I mean, that's basically on a pace for somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 turnovers for a season, which is, uh, an insane number. Um, you know, didn't have any in the second half.
0: Um, and well, you you know what ter- you know what those turnovers mean, though? If they did have 40 of them, it means that it was 40 opportunities they took away from themselves to score. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like,
1: Tariq Hill for the second week in a row, let's the ball go right through his hands, and he's on the goal line. This time now, when he does it. That, Last that's time it went your- for a touchdown. This time, you know, it takes away the opportunity for a touchdown.
0: The first one I'm going to say, though, was... Part of it, I'm kind of wondering, first off, I'm wondering about the field there because the field looks sloppy to where multiple players on both teams were slipping and having some trouble with traction. So I'm kind of wondering about that, but also with Tyreek's quad injury, the way he slipped there on that lasso route, and the timing was off a little bit. So Mahomes had a little bit more in front of Tyreek than he would have if he hadn't slipped. And then because of that, Tyreek had to really stretch and reach out for it. And it just, you know, that one bobbled off. And I mean, I know he got his hands on it, but it just wasn't in a spot where I, I thought I thought it would have been a smoother catch if it had been in inside the numbers where it was based on how the timing of the route would have gone if, if Tyreek didn't slip.
1: Well, no, I, I, him slipping obviously threw it off a little bit, but the ball went right. It's not like he only got one hand on it. The ball went right through both of his hands for the second straight week. I mean, I'm not going to give Tyreek a pass on that one. Cause that's a catch he should make. Um, you know, I, I will, however, give everyone else a pass on Patrick's second interception, which was probably the single most bumbling play of his career. Um, and he even admitted it. Like it was supposed to be a run to Darrell Williams and he picked it up and he thought he would try to scramble and there was a defender there. And then he saw Tyreek and he decided to pass it. My guess is, he didn't even get the ball in the laces, wasn't even paying attention to it, tried to throw it. Instead, the ball slips off his hands, goes up in the air. It was an absolute mess. But, I mean, look, Eric Biennemi and Andy Reid talked about this during the week. Patrick Mahomes is trying too hard. He's trying to be a hero on every play, even when there's not an opportunity to be a hero. And that was the entire last four weeks of the season in one play right there. I thought that that kind of crystallized everything. You know, the Chiefs are down against a team they have no business being down against late in the first half but that play made sure that they couldn't tie the game or take the lead going into halftime and look nobody asked patrick about it in the post-game press conference but on on the tv as as the half ends and they're walking off patrick mahomes kind of grabs andy Reid by the shoulder and and says something to him um and, and you know don't know exactly what was said but but look, Mahomes owned the fact that that was probably the most boneheaded play of his career. And then he came out and played maybe one of his best halves um, you know, of the season in the second half. I think he was 19 to 24 um, you know, for 175 yards with a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions. So um, look, Patrick Mahomes, it looked like in the second half, got back to being, you know, kind of Patrick Mahomes and just playing a little loose and free. Did you see it that way or um you know or and how encouraged were you by the way he kind of bounced back from a poor first half
0: i thought the entire team kind of came back there in the second half and put together a much more chiefs like performance and a much more uh focused attention to detail type of half that <clears throat> that we've that we've expected from them over the years because the, I thought the offensive line protected better in the second half. The tackles did a better job. Ballum's looked a, bit, a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Um, Daryl Williams looked like he got in a rhythm, a little bit more decisive in his runs. And then, obviously, they were able to get the ball to Kelsey and Hill a handful of times despite both of them trying to battle through some of the injuries that they did. And then Trey Smith getting rolled up on and him kind of limping there a little bit towards the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter there. And him battling through that. And then, obviously, Joe Tooney, who – he's playing through a broken hand i'll never know but um or fracture you know whatever you want to call it but that i I guarantee that hurts and it it doesn't matter how much padding you have on something that that's still gotta hurt and still gotta smart some whenever you have that type of movement and you have that type of force that just hits it on a regular basis especially when you have to constantly use your hands as an offensive lineman so there was a lot of toughness there's a lot of battling through on offense and you know defense we'll get into that in a minute but i mean there was there's a lot you hope they build off of to kind of turn back into the football team. People expect to see versus the first half when it was just, they couldn't get out of their own way a handful of times. Cause I mean, if if they don't have those turnovers, then, you know, that could easily have been another 21 points or at worst case, nine points. So it just, the, the game should have been out of reach by halftime, but they, they've had enough self-inflicted wounds that really kind of, kept that game close until the fourth quarter.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, including, you know, four penalties in that first half, which is also something that that hasn't been talked about a lot, but it's been a problem for the Chiefs who only had one penalty for 10 yards there in the second half as they kind of mounted that comeback. You mentioned toughness, though. And one guy who I thought played tough, I mean, look, his final stats don't just jump off the page at you. Um, But Darrell Williams, 21 21 carries for 62 yards, also had three catches for 27 yards. But he also had the two touchdowns. And he also had, at times, very patient. Um, and at other times, very violent runs in, in short yardage situations. He seemed to kind of understand, like there was one play where Creed Humphrey was trying to get his man turned and seal it. And he waited for the, the cutback lane to develop and then turned to, I think it was the fourth and one play into a five-yard gain. Then there were a couple other times where he's running to the front side, running to the left side behind Orlando and, and Joe Tooney. And, you know, he just had to smash it up in there. That was how you were going to get those two or three yards there. He seemed to understand that very well. I thought that even though his per carry average three yards isn't great and 62 yards isn't going to, you know, be among the league leaders, I thought Darrell Williams had had a very, very good game and gave them what they needed from that run game today.
0: Yeah, and that's that's really one of the bigger points that kind of kept that offense in sync and kind of kept them and manageable down in distance is the pure fact that with Daryl, he was able to like you said, he was able to change the pace based on what the offensive line was giving him. And he saw some of the backside cuts and he saw some of the some of the holes that were available to him and when to when to run through them, when to power, like you said. And on top of that, it's just he hits the hole quicker with better authority than Clyde Edwards Hilaire does and that, that's just that's just the reality of it and the Chiefs run game was better with Daryl Williams today than I think it would have been with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and that's <clears throat> that's going to be a bigger thing in the weeks ahead is what can McKinnon do and then what can Williams do during the time that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is out and then is that something that if they find a rhythm on offense is that something that they're willing to change just because Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a first round, uh, you know, former first round pick, but the the run game is going to be something that they're going to need to lean on at times in the games ahead. And that's why they really need a guy that can find rhythm. And if that's Darrell Williams, finding a rhythm with the 21 carries, if that's what it takes for him to be able to kind of get in a good, in a good frame of mind and be able to kind of, give that level of effectiveness. And that may be the amount of carries that they need to give them week by week so that they can have uh, the type of performance to where they almost had 500 yards of total offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, 28 overall carries, um you know, in the run game and and over a hundred yards rushing it. Like I said, it's not tremendous production, but it served a purpose. Um, and then I thought another key to the offense um look, I mean, Tyreek and, and, and Travis Kelsey, um, you know, did what they do. But we finally saw Nicole Hardman Jr. and Demarcus Robinson beat a guy off the line of scrimmage, get deep, and give Patrick Mahomes another option down the field. I mean, that's what we've been talking about is you need somebody else to step up and take the top off the defense and or you need to establish that run, make teams respect it to bring those safeties up and give yourself those opportunities. We finally saw that start to happen um, you know, a little bit more. I mean, Hardman's uh, reception came in the first half, but DeMarcus's, you know, was the was the dagger touchdown there in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so on balance, I, I thought uh, Hardman also fumbled the ball and fair, caught a punt inside the five. So, so you know, he
0: gives... It's a McCall Hardman the, type of day, okay? May make third. a great play, but there's three others that are like, what do you thank you, man? But, but still, McCall versus like, traffic is one of the most terrifying shows on television these days
1: right right well and so but so is demarcus you know on in traffic and punt returns in preseason games so um they they went to the same school of ball security apparently but like i mean the josh gordon wasn't a bit wasn't featured uh, you know prominently in in the game plan this week i I still think that he gets um added more and more as the chiefs go along into this offense but if if demarcus robinson and mccall hardman whether they're feeling his footsteps or whether they just, you know, uh, are, you know, just just had a good game, you know, were able to beat the guy across from them for once. Anything they can give you is beneficial at this point.
0: Yeah, it's an added bonus as long as they hold on to the football correctly. <laughs> it's a really, a really added bonus at this point. So <clears throat> I consider it a win when they go north and south, and they hold on to the football. When they do those things, I mean, I'm I'm very ecstatic about whatever contributions they can make
1: yeah and i mean you know byron pringle three catches for 55 yards those guys you know they combined for for 10 receptions and and um you know more than 150 yards so um they did their part today um um, but i really thought that this game was more about the defense um you know i mean look the the chiefs we know we've seen them be able to put up points they scored 24 despite a minus four turnover margin against the chargers they scored 20 to you know even as poorly as they played against the bills and were minus 4 again um but the one thing we haven't seen this year is the defense be able to dominate anyone um but the second half especially i mean they only allowed 76 yards and they had their first shutout since week 8 of last year against that god awful jets team um that they beat 35 to 9 so I know Washington's not great. I know they're going to see better quarterbacks than Taylor Hankey moving forward, but you've got to feel good about the defense being able to do that to a bad offense, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, they didn't make a 20th ranked offense look like a bunch of rock stars. So I'm happy about that because that, that would have been a problem a handful of other weeks for the Chiefs, even right, if they, they weren't facing top-notch opponents.
1: Right. I mean, just go back two weeks to the to the Eagles game where Jalen Hurts looked like a, you know a pro bowler.
0: Yeah, and then Jalen Hurts came back down to earth and things didn't look (laughs) as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, the the key to the Chiefs defense, no matter who they have out there, is running games, twists and stunts like we talked about last week. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to try. And you also can't have Daniel Sorensen back as a liability in deep coverage like we talked about last week. And like you and I talked about, it's almost like the coaching staff listened to our podcast <laughs> and said, you know, that Nick and Todd may be onto something. I'm not going to give us that much credit, but it's almost like they did. Um, but that's, that's what you have to do with that defensive line. That's the whole purpose of why you brought Brendan Daly here. Cause that's his specialty. And guess what happened? They, they had a consistent pass rush for the most part, you know, Frank Clark had one of his better games. Cause it, it's just that, that defensive line that the chiefs have, They're not good when they're stationary, when they're just keeping the same rush lane over and over again. The only time you're supposed to do rush lanes like that is when you're facing a Lamar Lamar Jackson style of quarterback. If Jalen Hurts had faced that, he wouldn't have done very well. I promise you that much. He would have gotten confused and he would have gotten lost and he would have had some issues. And the chiefs at times, they got to be able to bring five and maybe even six on blitzes. That's what they have to do. And when they do that, they're going to be successful because it is that whole scheme is based around getting pressure with the front four, if not a fifth or sixth person being brought in. Are they going to give up some crossers at times? Yes, that's going to happen. They're going to give up some first downs by doing that, but that's part of the business. And you have an offense on the other side of the, of the, of the sidelines there that, hey. They'll keep you in the, in the games, but you've got to at least give them a couple stops and doing that type of style. <clears throat> Cause guess what? At the end of the game, when, when Tershawn Wharton had his interception, that was because they ran a twist. That's because Frank went inside. Wharton went outside. Wharton's not there in that spot if they don't run that and Frank would have been upfield to where that interception didn't happen. It closes out the game. And that's, you know, it's just the key of that is trying to get offensive linemen on different levels and different planes to where the, they aren't in sync, and it doesn't keep a clean pocket the entire time that the quarterback can always step up into. And Washington had trouble with that. Other opponents will have trouble with that too if the Chiefs are consistent about that and if they have a fresh rotation that doesn't get worn down. And they didn't have Chris Jones out there today because I'm like, Chris Jones would have eaten if they'd been giving him those opportunities, especially him and Wharton together, defensive tackle with Frank Clark and um, and whoever else you uh, Mike Dana at times if you put him out there. Like they, they would have feasted off that Chris would have been, Chris would have had himself a career day if he'd been able to run, been a part of that type of scheme. But what gets frustrating sometimes with, with the, with the coaching staff for me is it takes getting curb stomped by a bills team, or it takes having certain players injured for them to be willing to be creative and to try new things. And that's, that's where I get frustrated at times. Cause like the last time when the defense had their back against the wall in 2019, Mahomes got hurt. And they're like, you know, we're going to start bringing a whole bunch of blitzes against the Broncos. So it just, it just, it's just irritating at times that you don't do that whenever you need to against some good teams that could cost you home field advantage in the playoffs, but you'll do it whenever you finally have your back against the wall.
1: Yeah. And we had talked about, you know, coming into this week, um, yeah, uh, you know, and the week before and the week before that if what you're doing is not working try something different and they finally did that today I, look they didn't get any sacks but there was pressure oh they some- had
0: they had a sack the ref didn't well, want to blow the whistle on the frank clark one well he,
1: were- he's, he's, he's now he sat down
0: on frank's belly he was never down so i mean oh whatever man i've seen that i've seen i've seen refs stop stuff sooner than that they're like all right you're done you're done he got you yeah, well, but I mean, they Taylor Hinky doesn't get that kind of.
1: <laughs> but I mean, regardless, there was another play where you know it was another it was another stunt with uh, Frank Clark and and whoever was playing left tackle or right detackle. The one time.
0: I the one you're probably talking about is Reed, where Frank almost had that sack, and if yeah, Reed he hit was... it, when if Reed hit it a little bit quicker because Frank was waiting on him to loop around, if Reed hits that a little bit quicker, then yeah, Frank would have had one or two more.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but look, Jaron Reed. We heard his name. He got pressure up the middle on a, on a, a couple of times. I mean, look, still didn't have a great game, but at least he made a play. At least you noticed he was on the field today a couple of times, um, which is a step up. And uh, you know, Juan Thornhill, another guy didn't. I mean, I didn't you know see his name. Didn't see him a lot. Didn't hear his name called a lot. But that was probably a good thing because. Um, That meant that he wasn't trailing behind, uh, you know, Dawson Knox or Stephon Diggs and giving up a a 50 or 60 yard play. Um, So, I mean, on balance, I thought they, you know, they had a good game, Look, Ben Neiman, you know, blew the coverage on, on the tight end again, um, on the touchdown to Ricky Seals Jones. He, He bit on the fake Seals Jones got behind him and he didn't have the speed to make up for it. But other than that, and other than the third and 16 screen pass that had Tyron Matthew, like losing his mind on the field. The and you know you know
0: up. who that was too on the third and sixteen? Well,
1: it was Ben Neiman backpedaling the whole <laughs> way instead of blowing instead of taking on the blockers, well, blowing he up. Saw he saw it to, to the
0: ball. He was literally at the line of scrimmage when he saw it. So like he could have made the tackle and then for whatever reason he just started backpedaling and playing prevent defense rather because he could have he could have knifed by that that tackle and at least created a pile there, held on to the right. running back and it let some teammates get to him. But no he uh it,
1: it seemed like he was like, oh, it's 3rd and 16. I'll just keep backing up until my teammates get here to tackle. And it's like, you're the linebacker. That's your job. It's your job to go take on the, the blocker and to create the pile so the teammates can rally to the ball. Like, literally, don't run away. That's what you're supposed to do here,
0: buddy. Well, and that's that kind of brings in a bigger concern I was going to talk about with Anthony Hitchens reportedly having a hyperextended elbow. That means he may miss some time. So the question is, who's going to be making the calls for the defense, and what are they going to do there? Because I mean, in an ideal world for me, if Hitchens isn't able to play, you keep Ben Neiman on the sidelines, and Bolton moves in a middle linebacker. He's he's got to learn the calls, or you have to do a system that's based on the calls for him. And then I would have Sorensen down in that weak side linebacker spot, where Sorensen can play and where he can match up well. That's that's where that's going to happen, and that gives you the the best of the. Of what you have available to you among the linebackers with with Willie Gate, the strong side, Bolton at at Mike, and then obviously <clears throat> Sorensen at Will. I think that's part of what they have to do. And I'd still selfishly, I'd still love to see Dorian O'Daniel get some opportunities, whether it's at weak side or in some of their nickel or dime packages. I'd prefer to see his athletic ability have a chance out there over Ben Neiman, but um I mean Maybe maybe it's a process where you, you move Sorenson out deep this week. It worked out well. So then you're like, hey, <laughs> right. let's try the linebacker spot. And then you're like, hey, let's move Chris Jones back into deep tackle. And then you kind of slowly progress it that way. Because if you have Mike Dana and Frank Clark playing at the best of their ability, it ends. And then you have Jones and you rotate Wharton and Reed in it whether it's at the one tack or whatever. I just, I think you have a much better pass rush on a consistent basis, but you're still going to need run the games, twists and stunts to be able to kind of throw some things at the offensive lines that you're going to play.
1: Yeah. It, look, he didn't get a lot of pressure, but um, Alex Okafor made some plays against the run. Thanks to those games, twists and stunts too, which has always yeah. been a weak part of his game. So it made a difference for Okafor as well. Like he had one of his better games this season. Uh, I thought, um, look, I mean, you, you mentioned that that you know, the, or we both talked about the Thornhill, um, you know, stepping into the starting lineup for Daniel Sorensen, um, you know, and then we saw a you know a lot more Nick Bolton and Willie Gay at times. Mike Rimmers um, stepped in at right tackle for Lucas Niang. I, I will say this: the Chiefs have said all along that, that that they're not panicking. Did you feel like those were were panic moves, or do you give the 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 Chiefs credit for? Look, things aren't working. They self-scouted. They identified a few issues and they made the personnel changes they hoped would fix it. And at least based on, you know, one result against one team, that's probably not going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. So let's keep that in mind. But based on one result against, you know, a, a mediocre to bad Washington football team, the results were very encouraging.
0: I mean, they have to keep with what they already did this week, and there's still a couple more adjustments they honestly need to make with Chris Jones moving into three tech and making sure Ben Neiman's <laughs> on the field. <laughs> um, ben Neiman's can, he
1: can play special teams with, like Dorian O'Daniel has, right?
0: With yeah, he could definitely play <laughs> special teams. Put him there, let him play all the special teams he can handle. Let <laughs> let Dave Tobe work with him. Um Let Dave Tobe be his sherpa. See if he can teach him how to, you know, block without holding. Whenever McCall takes Uh punt return if he doesn't fair catch it inside the five and tries to take it to the wide part of the field where he thinks the wall is built up so everybody can have a chance at holding hold on on. okay let me ask you though so the the
1: fair catch at the four terrible would you have been less mad if he had fielded it and tried to run it there (laughs) like at least he's trying to make a play or are you just irritated that like he didn't just stop at the 10, like every punt returner in history, you know, has been taught to do uh, and let the ball go behind him.
0: That was the rule. I was taught a long time ago. Your heels stay at the 10. If that, if that punt goes inside, there, just, you tip your cap to the punter. Right. If, uh, if it goes in the end zone, that's what was supposed to happen. But you know, McCall Hardman thinks he's Tyree Hill fast. So he always wants to try to be the guy who makes the play, but, I mean, the problem have he, to run,
1: return it though?
0: <laughs> like, he wants he to return it every time it. dude he wants that sports center highlight man so he is going to he will stretch it all the way out no matter what side he has to he is so desperate to stretch it out <laughs> for that sports center highlight that he just gives his teammates so many angles to create holding penalties <laughs> on most punt returns like it just it just that's just what happens i mean you know what my favorite returns today were the, when the ball the went touchbacks. in the end zone for <laughs> touchbacks, and they didn't touch it, and potentially have a chance to create a fumble in traffic like they're known they're known to do from time to time. That, yes. those are those were my favorite plays. Hey, kudos to special teams; they didn't have any turnovers this week. <laughs> yeah, it was it was huge. Although McColl had his one in traffic on a on a reverse.
1: Yeah, that was on offense, though. We we can't pin that on Dave Toub special teams.
0: No, I'm I'm not pinning on Dave Toub. Don't worry, Dave tub has got his calling card. <laughs> there's going to be a hole on pretty much any return, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> you can count on it. Um, I, one other guy that I wanted to mention, um, uh, well, well, two really. Um, I thought LeJarius Sneed had maybe his best game of the year. He's had a couple times where he's gotten beaten coverage this year, but I thought he was great. Rashad Fenton, I thought, showed up in a big way. Um, you know, right from the start, um, and kind of set the tone. Uh, one getting pass breakups, but also not getting taunting penalties that end up costing the team 15 yards and get him fined. Um, but I thought the secondary had a really, really good game. I mean, um, you know, I mean, when you look at the final stats, like, like five of the top seven guys in tackles were, were secondary guys between Fenton, and Matthew Snead, Mike Hughes, and Juan Thornhill. Um, I, I, I thought the secondary stepped up. And I think that Tyron Matthew hit his outburst when they gave up that, that, Uh first down on the third and 16 screen pass, the one where Neiman was backpedaling, like we talked about.
0: I was like, whenever don't say whenever they gave it up, you gotta say, but
1: but well, I'm saying they the collective defense, like Matthew lost his mind, and then they give Neiman gives up the touchdown to finish that drive. They're they're all of a sudden down 13-10. And Tyron was still losing his mind on the sideline. They didn't give up any points the rest of the way, like they responded um to tyron matthew and and um look i mean i it was good to see that kind of leadership you could see that tyron was frustrated the last couple of weeks when he'd throw his arms up when Sorensen was getting beat deep but you hadn't really seen that kind of emotion and andy kind of talked about it after the game that football's a game of emotion and they've they've needed a little bit of that um and so i mean i don't want to have to to see tyron matthew like losing his mind and and furious on the sideline every game but in this case i think it made a difference i really do i think that the guys responded to that outburst and 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 you know and and played better from that point on um and and i think if you compare this this defense from 2019 to 2020 and now I think part of what they miss is because part of what Frank Clark was supposed to bring was that edge and that nastiness. And I thought he did in 2019. And then last year he was hurt and his play was diminished. Now he's got the off season or the off field issues and he's been hurt again. His plays diminished. Maybe Tyron has to step up and do that more. I mean, would you be fine with that? If Tyron's just a lunatic on the sideline, every game,
0: if it helps them win games and doesn't make every single team they're going against <laughs> look like the 2000 and one st louis rams then yeah, yeah I mean, no i'm all for it
1: 2007 patriots
0: <laughs> the no, 2018 chiefs any of them any of them <laughs> did not make jalen hurts and all those mediocre quarterbacks look like that hey it would have been great if they'd done some of the stuff last week against josh allen to get him off his spot that would have been cool but you know what hey, well, hey. They at least they at least tried it this week but we'll we'll check next week and we'll we'll see if they can keep it going or not
1: Right, I mean, yeah, it's on to Tennessee now. Another road game. Um, stopping that run, you know, Derrick Henry and that that rushing attack is is a little bit of a different animal. I, I mean, obviously, I think Tennessee's defense is going to have have its hands full as well. Um, if the Chiefs can build off this second half and play like they did, um, you know, on both sides of the ball in the second half and avoid the, the just plague of turn, I mean, just the insane number of turnovers that they've had. I mean if they finally do get that cleaned up, you'd like to think they could win that game going away. You know, then you get the Giants coming in for a Monday night game and and maybe, you know, the Chiefs get back to 5 and 3. I mean, who knows? I mean, the Chargers got got, you know, I mean, they had their own Buffalo Bills moment against the Ravens this weekend. Oh, that
0: wasn't a Buffalo Bills moment. That was worse than a Buffalo Bills moment. <laughs> right,
1: but I'm saying they they oh. they had they they got hammered. Uh, they came back down to earth a little bit all of a sudden you know the chiefs are going to find themselves one game out of first and with plenty of games against the division left i mean um i think all that talk about you know oh you know you know how um you know the afc west was over i wasn't buying that you know it's going to be tough to catch the bills in, in the race for the the bye and the number one overall seed yes that's true but i mean you still get another game with the chargers so the chiefs still control their own fate um as far as the division as far as making the playoffs i'm more encouraged by the second half than i was discouraged by the first half um and and i'm kind of glad it went that way cuz if the chiefs had played great and were up 21 nothing at halftime and then had like a you know and then had three turnovers and got beat 13 to 10 in the second half against a team like washington i would have still said i'm more discouraged by that second half than i am by how great they looked in the first half Um, I think that they can get this thing cleaned up still. And I think there are brighter days ahead for the chiefs and, um, you know, record that and, and play it on a loop later when, when the chiefs go on a three game losing streak and I'm dead wrong, but, um, I liked what I saw.
0: I love, I love the faith that you have in your, uh, in your statements.
1: (laughs) No, I have absolute faith in people to like, um, record me saying something and then use it against me at a later time
0: i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to put that level of effort into it <laughs> right it would, so we're t- definitely not talking about me <laughs> but you'd be like some of the people on my mentions on twitter <laughs> i mean there's a few i mean i've had people unearth five-year-old
1: tweets that you know so
0: again yeah, that wasn't that, me i don't have the time to do that so
1: i know so. it might have been your burner account though i
0: don't know <laughs> i definitely don't have a burner account i don't, I don't have time for that either <laughs>
1: all right well i I got nothing else i think we've rambled enough
0: yeah no i mean that's uh yeah i feel i feel like this is a phenomenal stopping point and we can see what happens next week uh whenever the chiefs take on the titans
1: yeah and uh, hey, apologize uh i do want to mention to to longtime listeners um that we didn't have a preview uh of the washington the washington game uh late this week um uh life gets in the way sometimes nick jacobs
0: that's an understatement. That is, that is an understatement. That so is anyway, a-
1: um, I, I think, uh, assuming that life doesn't get in the way this week, we, we will uh, preview the Tennessee game, um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll roll from there. How's that sound?
0: Well, Todd, I will, I will share it on here on the podcast for our fellow listeners. I ended up testing positive for uh, COVID last week. And given the germaphobe that I am, how that happened, I'll never know i will will never ever know people don't know i i wipe everything down at work and at home i wear my mask everywhere even in public places and so for that to happen that i i I think you were surprised whenever i told you what was going on and yeah i think everyone who who knows you well (laughs) was surprised I, and, I mean, and yeah. some people made the comment to me. They're like, "Well, if if Nick can get it, given what he the precautions he takes, then I don't have much hope for a lot of us." Yeah, I mean, um, can get it, Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'll I'll share that with the people. So that was uh, that was a that was a unique week. Um, so that's. But that's you're better now, right? You're better now. I mean. Look, I, I've just learned that life can sweep the leg at any moment. So, <laughs> I, 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 I'm doing okay today. We'll see what tomorrow brings, and we'll see when my quarantine is over with, so I can actually step outside of my house. I have not been out of my house in over a week now, and um, yeah, so that's 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 been a thing. It's been actually it's been more than a week now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I uh, <clears throat> and you know me, like the first symptom that I had i was paranoid right then and there and i was like oh man this ain't good i was like i want to i want to pretend that this is sinus related and it might be but then i made sure i got tested as quick as i could and so literally that was like less than 12 hours later that that happened when i was able to get one i wanted to get the proper pcr test first and then i was able to get that and then i did an at-home test and i was like yeah you know, i was like oh man this ain't good it's either gonna be fluid it's gonna be that so it ended up being a thing and uh it's unfortunate that uh that that occurred so just, uh, like, like I can tell you, just, uh, don't, don't put your guard down, man. I didn't put my guard down and it <laughs> still found a way. So, right, you know, that, that's just life. That's just how it goes sometimes. Well, uh, glad you're doing better. Um, Hey, me you too. Know. You know, <laughs> otherwise may not be a podcast today. If that had been the case. <laughs> right. Right.
1: <laughs> so, but Hey, anyway, Nick, you take care of yourself. And, uh, for the rest of you folks out there, Uh, Take care, kids.